Welcome, everyone, to episode 108 here on the Political Panda program, and my, my goodness, do we have a crap ton of news today. There is so much important stuff to talk about, and maybe not even enough time to talk about all of it. I don't know what will all be included for today. Who knows? But yes, today is most likely going to be a bit of a longer episode. It's There is so much to talk about, from talking about... Uh, Hurricane Ian, as well as a link to actually go and donate and help out with the relief fund down there that is down in the description. There's only one charity that I think is actually going to do a good job, and truly this is one that I I truly know and believe in, so that is down below. It is, of course, listed right after uh, today's opening uh, in the description of the show, so please do go check that out. Actually, you know what? I'll move it right up to the very tippity top of the actual thing for today and until uh until this overall is all over then i will keep that there as a permanent thing a part of the show for right now seriously they're very much worth it the charity is of course mercury one they're a play they are people that i um, know they're inside the agency this is the same charity that helped get well over I believe it's over 10,000 uh people that were stranded and left behind by the american government back in 20, uh, back when we left Afghanistan last year, and so this is truly a charity that uh, you can trust with your donation, so truly go over there if you do want to help out the people of Hurricane Ian, I would recommend donating to them, as they're the ones that are already, when that hang hit, they're already there and on the ground, ready to move. So, they are the ones to support over there. And I say that the reason why you should go and support them, because uh, our government has a, a different idea of how to dish out support and aid, as Kamala Harris said over the weekend, this. And as well, this is our clip of the day. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And, and so women. we, absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. Yep, so once again, the text AI robot strikes again, and yeah, once again, um, so I guess if you're a person of color down there, congratulations, you'll be getting care a bit faster than everybody else, not because you maybe, you know, need it the most, but because of your skin color, that's right, even in aid, you still get it based on your skin color, that's right. But it's not racism, it's equity. Because remember, everyone doesn't start out the same. Because remember, until the, the, you know these fuckers won at this point, the way this whole entirety of, what is it, freaking equity works, until every living child comes out of, like, a, a little fucking, like, capsule on the same footing as everyone else with, like, robotic parents at this point who teach the state's own education and states whatever they want you know the state run whatever until that happens we need equity in this equity in that we need to put down those that have been a little too gifted for too long instead of bringing everybody to the same area because that 
that would make too much sense. Even Elon Musk even responded to this actual clip. Uh, should be according to the greatest need, not race or anything else. Man, it's almost like he isn't a racist like someone else that we know. <sighs> Man, so much fun. So much fun having... Don't worry, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about their... Because the, the party of races, they didn't stop there with that one. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has something a bit later into the show that she would like to share with the class. Anyway, so the LA Times put out an op-ed because obviously, or an opinion piece of, because of course, you know, the Supreme Court's starting back up soon. It's October, you know, there's going to be a new term, and well, here they go. It's going to be, it's going to be bad, everyone. Everyone knows it's going to be so bad. So the Supreme Court begins its new term on Monday, and it's clear that the court, so this will be next Monday, by the way, uh, it's clear that the court's majority is determined to believe, right? Or maybe it is today, because it was made yesterday, so it might even be today. Not exactly for sure. Um, <clears throat> but, of course, uh, we all know that the last term ended with Roe v. Wade getting overturned, uh, expansion and gun rights, uh, rejection of separation of state and church, actually they already still were, uh, separated, you're just dumb. Uh, about half the docket for this new term is striking... How the court is reaching out to take and decide cases because of its conservative vision Ooh, of the Constitution. No way, really? Of course. Um, but let's see. What, what, what are these high-profile cases? So, for example, on October 31st, the Supreme Court will hear two cases about whether to end affirmative action in college and universities. Yes. Yes. Please, end this real racism. You want to see real racism? This is what real racism is. Affirmative, affirmative action is literal fucking racism. This isn't... Okay, so when you apply for a college, right? And you're like, okay. Now, I know what you might be saying. But Jacob, don't you absolutely hate college? Yeah, but there are some careers that I think should you should probably go to college for. Like becoming a doctor or, you know, a lawyer. You know, certain, you know, more high-class professions like that, you should you know, definitely go to extra school for. You're not going to hire some high school student to go do fucking surgery. That would be utterly stupid. Um, so, I'm thinking, well, yeah, when you apply for a college, you know, who who's ever, you know, really doing well, you know, they're the ones that will get in, right? No, that's not really how it works. That's a part of it. But the other half of it is, well, we've gotten a certain number of applicants that are of white and Asian, but we need more black and, you know, Mexican students. So we're going to just reject no matter how good this asian kid's grades are we're gonna reject him for a person who has significantly worse grades but because they are black and not you know white or whatever we're gonna pick on them because they're the ones that we want now instead not because they're a better overall student and a better applicant they'd be good for the school it's because they just want to fill a diversity quota it is literal racism at its finest well, we're not really gonna let you come here, not because you're not a good student and we would believe you wouldn't do well, it's just because we already have enough Asians, we already have enough whites. So even if you take out the, the white people out of the situation, you're completely discriminating against Asian people because they know, oh, well, white people for so long. Yeah, okay, what about Asian people? I thought we were all on board with the whole stop Asian hate movement, you know, I, I thought we were big on that. You know, I, I thought we were all about supporting our, our our fellow Asian Americans, you know, but I guess that's just too hard. Of course, uh, it's just, 
the thing is, this is not a great system. It is horrible. It's not at all held within the Constitution. What person out there... I, I don't I don't get how this decision has been made wrong three times now. This decision has been made wrong three fucking times based on what? I have no idea. Uh, so yeah, the decision was made wrong in 1978, 2003, and 2006. The court literally held that colleges and universities have compelling interest in having a diverse student body and may use race as one of the factors in administration's decision in carrying out their educational mission. Yes, that's right. The literal... Uh, Supreme Court has just allowed racism to be a primary focus, not based on your merit, by the way. Keep in mind that a lot of the different students that they just pick out anyway end up dropping out, so it doesn't even matter. A lot of them don't do well enough to where they just drop out. So, uh, this is settled law. No, it's not. Nothing should ever be just settled law. That's just ridiculous. Settled law should eventually be challenged and looked upon. It must be fully... Remember, the Supreme Court's job is not a lawmaking branch. They even try to make sure, like, oh, like abortion has been long as a target of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because it's not protected by the Constitution. If you want to make a law in your state that abortion is perfectly legal all the way up until fucking 80 years old or as long as the mom is still alive, that's fine. Who cares? I don't really care about that part. The fact of this is, in all the overall major laws of the land and is not done by the Supreme Court, the overall settled law of what is comes down to is it constitutional or not? There is a constitution for a reason. It sets up the framework for what for what the overall what the overall country's president should be and that should be always based upon the constitution that's what's important it goes back to our, our sort of founding principles here and our stuff of what we replaced the original one with to make a, a little bit more powerful so that our government has its proper framework and that's what the framework has been and if you want to you know change that then you can gladly do that with the magical thing of adding an amendment it's been done several times before and it hasn't been done in a long time but if you'd like to change that you can gladly go ahead and start up doing that that's perfectly fine perfectly reasonable too so yes of course uh, blah 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 it's been more than 40 years to uh, it, that doesn't matter that that doesn't matter. With that same argument, then I guess I guess blacks shouldn't be in uh, public education. That was a president set for well over a good amount of time, but the only reason you would say, oh, but that's different, because, no, it's the same damn thing. That was a legal precedent set by years and years of the same kind of precedent, and then that changed with a Supreme Court decision. Well, I, 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 if that's the case, then, then I guess slavery should still be around. You know, if that's the case, then, you know, slavery, you know, should still be the way it was. You know, segregation should just all be back. I mean, of course, it's, they've literally talked about bringing that back, and we even have a story about segregation a bit later. Not for blacks, but for a different different race of people. So, yeah. Ridiculous. Re-ridiculous. They then have two voting cases, uh, potential great significance, uh, also before the court, which will be argued, which involves the applicants of Voting Rights Act of 1965, racial discrimination, and the drawing of congressional districts. 
should be okay. Uh, it's just ridiculous. The main one I'm all here for is finally, finally, overturn affirmative action. Affirmative action has no place in America. Okay, it is legal racism as it sits right now, and that should not be the case. Diversity is great; that's fine, but qualifications come first. If you're not qualified, you ain't getting in. That should always be. It, our society should be based on the merit and your overall abilities, not the race or the color or the sexuality that you that you bestow upon the public. I I, I shouldn't just get a job because I'm a white guy, or because another guy shouldn't get a job because he's just a black guy. That should never be the case. It should always be because I, as a white guy, have you know shown ability to be able to receive this job, and as that black guy, the same thing has the ability, has the qualifications to show that he can do what it takes to reach that job or get into that university. It should never, ever be just about filling in diversity quotas so that we have a certain percentage of these kind of people on uh, on the overall campuses or the job or the workforce in the United States. Of course, even at the end here, they talk about Katanji Brown-Jackson making such a milestone but she's not a woman how do you know you can't say that la times she's not a woman she doesn't know what a woman is she does not know what a woman is how can you know how can you claim that a person is you know a something she can't explain to you what a th that thing is therefore she is not said thing she can't be that's just not possible how can she be a woman if they, if she doesn't know what a woman is. Well. I think found a brand new. Brand new way to make a little bit of money. Well. So a, a New York man. Has claimed he's made $21,000. From trading in 3D printed guns. At a government buyback event. That's right. So the person identified himself as Kem. He noticed that the attorney's general's office was holding a gun buyback event in a uh, back in August. So he printed dozens of guns with the two hundred dollar three D printer he got for Christmas. Uh, he three D printed a bunch of lower receiver frames for different kinds of firearms, and then he drove the six hours to the actual event to trade them in. Uh, he said, he sees the tote and says, how many firearms do you have? He said he brought 110. He then, a note, he, he then negotiated all day with the staff and eventually ended up with the guy and lady from the budget office finally coming around with 42 gift cards, counting them in front of him, and explained that it was $21,000 in $500 gift cards. Uh, so, yeah. What was funny is the actual New York Attorney General announced that 296 firearms, including 177 ghost guns, were turned into law enforcement at the buyback event. Which is funny because, so, 110 of those were his. So, 110 of those ghost guns that they collected is most likely what those are because they don't have any sort of things on them or anything to tell, like, where they're from. All of those are literally from, so basically almost half, almost half 
uh, or basically more than half of all of the ghost guns that they got were all from one dude who walked out of there with over $21,000 in gift cards. I mean, that just sounds like hell. I mean, what's funny is on Wednesday, an actual uh, spokesperson at the Attorney General's office uh, actually responded saying it's shameful that this individual exploited a program that has successfully taken thousands of guns off the street to protect our communities from gun violence. We've partnered with local police and state to cover more than 3,500 guns, and one individual's greedy behavior won't tarnish our work to promote public safety. Uh, I, I just want to let you know, he, you asked to uh, bring, bring people's guns in. If you don't think people weren't going to do that, then maybe you should have thought about a different system. Because there are some people that genuinely own hundreds and hundreds of guns. I've seen it. So you don't think someone was ever going to walk in with this many guns? You would be absolutely wrong if you didn't think so. Absolutely wrong. I mean, seriously. Bro, that's, that's a... Dude, the printer was already paid for itself. Roman made a what, like twenty twenty thousand twenty thousand dollar profit, basically. Of course, it is in gift cards, but hey, hey, five hundred dollar gift cards for a lot of different places. That's gonna get you. That's that's forty two gift cards of absolute just nothing but success around here. That's a lot of places, you know. That maybe even like a few different places, you know. That that's a that's a good good uh, good deal. Good good deal for the guy. It may not be cash, that's what I would have preferred, but you know what? I, I would take it, that's fine. That is fine. Well, apparently, the actual private predictions of President, or former President, uh, Barack Obama, about the Trump presidency got revealed. Uh, so, apparently, he gave an off-the-record interview to reporters in uh, 2021, this included, of course, topics ranging from the election of Trump and Hillary Clinton to documents obtained by Bloomberg, released by the Justice Department, of course, as a part of a FOIA request. After the election, Obama was most worried about preserving the democratic process so that people are uh, dissatisfied with any elect, uh, elected office performance that the dissatisfaction expresses itself. I think four years okay is okay. Uh, take on some water, but we can we can kind of bail fast enough to be okay. Eight years would be a problem. I'd be concerned after a sustained period in which some of these norms have been broken down and started to corrode. He warned reporters that the media were not credible in the public eye and that they needed to focus when it came to reporting on Trump. I think if you're jumping after every insult or terrible uh, thing or bit of rudeness that he's doing and just chasing that, I think there's a little bit of a three-card Monty there that you have to be careful about. I think you have to focus on a couple of things that are really important. Just stay on them and drive them home. He thought the public could sense that Trump becoming president was not good, referring to his poll numbers entering office and leaving office. He has teased another room, but of course hasn't committed. Yep, that means it's true. His numbers weren't the greatest at the end, but you know what his, he was great at? The economy. And that's what kind of matters to me most. And peace. We were in peace the whole time. He's one of the few presidents in recent history to not cause any wars, people. No wars were started. The least number of people, you know, in our military died under President Trump. 
I mean, he, this guy, believe me, I know Trump's getting up there in age, and he's not exactly had the greatest track record over what this past what two years now. But I'm a, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Let's just be honest. In the Republican Party, you really have one choice for who's gonna become sort of the nominee for president currently, because obviously we all know Governor DeSantis is gonna run in 2028. Okay, we we obviously know that. Okay. He's been a terrific governor of Florida. He'll run again. He'll win. And then eventually, right afterwards, we will then have, you know, a Governor DeSantis versus uh, uh, Gavin Newsom in 28. That's what I believe. And then Joe Biden clinging on power with his dementia-ridden brain will try to win a re-election, but will most likely end up losing, hopefully. Keyword is hope, hopefully. So yeah, he's also worried about them not being active in certain issues as climate change, women's rights, human rights, and LGBT rights. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Oh my god! It's almost like everybody was already equal even before that. I don't don't. It's what you know what whatever. There's a reason why you're gone, and we should hopefully forget about you. The only good thing you were at politics was being charismatic. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. Well, the heat is getting turned up on politics, and by that I mean threats and intimidation from, I, I would say both sides should be experiencing that. Uh, in Seattle, a man who had sent an angry email to Pramaya Jayapal repeatedly showed up outside her home, armed with a semi-automatic handgun and shouting threats. I, I kind of, but that, I mean, you know, I need to see proper, proper f story on that. A Queens man who traveled across the country waiting in a cafe across the street from uh, AOC's office to confront her, part of a near-constant stream of threats and harassment that has prompted the Congresswoman to sleep in a number uh, in a different location. Members of Congress and both parties are experiencing a surge of threats and confrontations as a rise in violent political speech has increasingly crossed the realm. Okay, so here's the big issue. Okay, so we've, we've seen over the past year, okay, I'm going to put some things down for you. A lot of different politicians are still voting remotely, okay? There are certain politicians haven't been into the capital in years, okay? So, the thing is, if that's the case, if we really don't need people to actually be in Washington, what are we doing? Okay, let's just stop wasting so much money on that, because the idea is, for all the different representatives and all of the different, you know, senators and everything, let's just keep them in their home state, okay? There's no need to have all these people in one place anymore if we can just have everybody vote remotely, okay? Because at this point, keep everybody in their actual, you know, state so that they can't just go into D.C. where, you know, people really may not even know who they really are. Have them be in their own cities so that people can confront them on the horrible things that they do and actually keep them, you know, committed to what they were promised to do. And actually, you know, the people can actually respond directly to them. The people are right there and can say things to them, and that they're there in their public. 
people can voice their concerns, you know, be easier to get a hold of, you know, if people could just be all the way at, at their, you know, homes basically and put in their votes, then what's the point, okay? And you'll see people put in threatening stuff to people, of course, it's going to happen with every, with a lot of different places all over. But the idea here is that keep these people honest. If you put them back in their own district and make them have to go out in public where they have to face, you know, the actual people here in the U.S. and actually, you know, look them in the face and actually tell them, like, hey, uh, you know, this is, you know, what we've done, what we did, and what we're going to do, and actually, you know, basically tell them what, you know, they want, then that's what it should be. It shouldn't be this kind of hiding away from everybody. So, but, yeah. It's what happens out here. It is what happens. Well, if you thought gas was ever going to stay back down, uh, you are wrong. As apparently OPEC, the company that provides basically, you know, part of our oil here in the U.S. because we refuse to be energy independent, is of course wanting to cut 1 million barrels of oil per day in which would be the largest production re or production reduction since COVID-19. The move would boost the price of oil and further strain Western consumers amid soaring inflation. OPEC is, of course, allies with, is allies, allies is Russia, which is, of course, you know, not exactly great people currently. So, yeah, of course, they're planning on doing that, and so, yeah. Get ready for those prices to re-climb as they lower their overall production. So, yeah, because we just... We just gotta help out climate, you know. It's very much our thing. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta help the climate out so much. You know, we gotta make sure that every, you know, every everybody can, you know, be so green, so good for the environment. Yeah, except when those things aren't efficient enough for what we need. So yeah. So get ready to pay more once again. And for the economy to get even worse. Yay! Man, the news is so exciting, I know, right? It's so exhilarating of just the or of just the horrible, horrible, horrible job people are doing. Well, you guys remember NFTs? I sure as hell didn't. Until I, I came across this. NFT, NFT trading volume plunges 97% says since January, raising questions about their future. Yeah, that's just because everybody realized that the technology is stupid. It's dumb and makes zero sense. And that most of the projects were just rug pulls. And that they're all just scams. And that NFTs were basically useless. And that the idea behind them was pointless. And that, yeah, there, there's a great video out there uh, from a YouTuber that is, it's a longer video, but it's such a, it's such a good video. I think it's like NFT line goes up, I believe is what it's called. 
yeah, line goes up. The problem with NFTs, it's by a YouTuber known as as uh by folding ideas. Uh and so truly truly that is a it's it's two hours long, by the way. It's a super long video, but it goes through even Bitcoin, Ethereum, it goes through all those other things, and it gets through and explains what NFTs are and the problem with them, and truly watching through that video and actually understanding it. Okay, NFT technology. You want to know how useless NFTs are? NFTs, you see all those images, right? All the NFT images, the little square images that people have, that image isn't even... So the NFT is like this little box, okay? And the box is so small in which how much data it can store that it isn't actually storing the image in that actual, like, box. Basically, it's storing an actual, like, web address, like a link to your, like, your actual NFT. And then it's then opening up on a server somewhere, basically, or somewhere else to then grab your NFT and basically give it to you. And so basically what can happen is someone could just replace that like NFT like with somebody else or with something else or just anything else or just even that could just go away and you're just shit out of luck. And bam, there you go. Your, your NFT's worthless. So the technology is so stupid that the actual images or like thing can't even be stored within the box because of the data limitation on the actual NFT. It's pointless. And besides... You can just right-click and save as, and their NFT is just... You own the same amount of NFT as they do. You actually have the image. They don't even really get that. Their NFT is just worthless. It is worthless. Their digital art can be worth a lot. And a lot of theirs was created with like AIR, and AIR is a whole different conversation, because obviously AIR is, AIR is taking over a lot of different industries right now like different art conditions with stuff like Dolly and stuff like that. So it's really, really weird. So yeah, it reached, of course, a record high with $17 billion in January, but it has fallen to $466 million by September. Other aspects, of course, have seen a similar downturn. OpenSea, the largest uh, NFT marketplace, suffered a 99% decrease Increase in transactions down to just 9.34 million from the 2.7 in May. The price of popular uh, popular NFTs has fallen by 53 to 20%, and it's pretty obvious there was a bubble element, and well, it popped. It it popped. Of course, there's some people that still try to hold on to hope that NFTs are going to come back. They won't. I, I I mean, there's some that are still selling out for a lot, but it's just... It's just... NFTs were like this new thing that really most people didn't really understand, but they're like, yeah, this is the future, man. That's what all these people are investing people are saying. It's the future. And you just you look at it and you just go... I just don't see it. Believe me, the whole idea is, okay, the idea behind like, an NFT, like, for the images-wise, okay, it can make sense, okay? Like, I, I get what it tries to mean. So, like, when you sell an NFT, 
part of it goes to the actual person who made the art, and then part of it goes to you. So no matter how many transactions the thing goes to, or goes through, the original artist still gets a cut, which is a novel idea. But the way this technology was made is just horrible. It is just horrendous. It is just stupid. Well, I told you that the party of racism would strike again. Truly, I didn't know. I don't know how they can keep doing this. I mean, seriously, you you would think that they would have learned by now that you can't keep letting racism out of the bag. But I I guess that's just a little too hard to say. <laughs> Wait, what the hell? Uh oh. That's not good. The tweet has disappeared with the clip. What the hell? What happened to it? Uh-oh. Well, let me just, I guess I'll have to read out what she said anyway, since, you know, the tweet is now, I guess, oh, no, here it is. It's still there. Whatever, I guess Twitter tried to make it go away, but uh, here is, of course, Nancy Pelosi saying perhaps one of the most racist things I think I've heard in quite some time. The fact is, is that uh, we have a responsibility to secure our border. We also have a responsibility to recognize the importance of newcomers to our nation. Right now, the best thing that we can do for our economy is to have comprehensive immigration reform. We have a shortage of workers in our country, and you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants uh, up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. But that doesn't mean that we don't recognize our moral responsibility as well. When the president, the former, well. Uh, yikes. Y yikes. Is all I've got to say. Uh, uh, yikes, guys. We have a shortage of workers, that's true. So why are we sending them north when the south ne needs them to pick crops? Ouch. I think, I think we did that one. I love the responses. Elitist Democrats think Hispanics are only good for picking crop. Legal Hispanics will answer resoundingly in November and send Nancy and a lot of other article Democrats home. Please send her home. She's needed to be home for years now. Nancy Pelosi should not be in Congress anymore. She is too damn old. She is practically tripping over herself everywhere she goes. Okay, she's about the same age as Biden. Two bajillion years old. She's too damn fucking old. Okay. Everyone knows it. I think she even she knows it. And my god, she just can't stop herself from just holding on to that power. The power is just there, and she's holding on to it like a fucking glove. It just won't let go. It's like the freaking ring in Lord of the Rings. She just can't let it go, all that power. It's so precious, you know? You just can't let it go, even at the fucking old age she is. I mean, seriously, it, it amazes me. 
it amazes me that these people are in power. When you have them outwardly say racist shit like this. You know, we have the fucking breakfast burritos line from from Dr. Dr. Jill Biden earlier this year, and now we get, oh, yeah, those, those immigrants, they're only good for picking up those crops. Go down there. Come on. They're at a shortage. Make them go pick up your crops. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's ever tried that one before, says the party of racism, you absolute dickbags. My God, dude. What a shit show of a party. What a fucking shit show. God. God. Fucking ridiculous. Well, so, uh, so COVID, do you guys remember that? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild. So, um, I mean... COVID fraud is a pretty redundant phrase, you might say, as more than five trillion, uh, there's their Congress of course used more than five trillion dollars for COVID relief. Yeah, over six hundred billion dollars of that was uh lost to fraud. So prosecutors are having a turkey shooting nailing COVID crooks as more than fifteen hundred have been. Uh, indicted and almost 500 have been convicted on September 14th. The Justice Department announced the creation of three COVID fraud strike force teams when President Biden signed a law to extend the prosecute uh, time to prosecute COVID fraud. My message to those cheats out there is that you can't hide. We're going to find you. The sheer amount of fraud makes it unlikely that a vast majority of these thieves will be charged. Might be saying, well, how bad could this uh, possibly be? Well, unemployment fraud amounted up to $45 billion and could also have exceeded $163 billion. Overseas organized crime group uh, groups flooded state uh, unemployment systems with bogus online claims. Overwhelming, uh, overwhelming and antiquated computer software benefits in blunt force attacks. That siphoned out millions of dollars. Prison inmates, drug gangs, Nigerian racketeers easily plundered the program. Uh, one swindler collected unemployment from 29 different states, and in the fir- in the first year of the pandemic, Maryland detected more than 1.3 million fraudulent unemployment claims, equaling up to 20% of the state's population. Yeah, people people took advantage of. Uh, to hopefully change this, yeah. Not not the greatest. I I was gonna say there's even fraud in like there's even people that took money from people that were supposed to get it for people with like kids tax credits like that. That was a thing even too. So yeah, not. Uh, it's just wild. Just wild. How many people have... Uh, there's a lot of scam in the system. And, well, since the system wasn't properly set up, well, it didn't help make it any better as it just was terrible. So, yeah. 
What a what a large amount of fraud. So yeah, that's six hundred billion dollars gone. Oh, he didn't need it for anything. I mean, he didn't want any money, right? You, you know, he didn't really need anything. You know, he didn't didn't want anything. You know, nothing. Okay. I'm uh, I'm glad. But speaking of uh, COVID, so the NIAID or the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease which is headed by Dr. Fauci, by the way, has gave a new grant to EcoHealth Alliance. <gasps> well, who is EcoHealth Alliance? Well, EcoHealth Alliance just so happens that they uh, they give out grants and other stuff to, you know, other places to do research. And as well, EcoHealth Alliance is the research company at the center of the COVID-19 lab controversy. Ouch. Ooh. Yeah, not not good there. Uh, of course, Rutgers University professor and chemical biology Richard uh, Ebright was one of the first to expose the new funding in, to the controversial research group. It should be award. It should be noted that the alliance was awarded a new NIA grant ten days ago, providing an additional three point three million over five years for the project, including high-risk virus discovery and researching bats in Southeast Asia. Hmm. Now, where have I heard that one before? Where have I heard that one before? This must be a joke. Please tell me this is a joke. Uh, Berenson wrote on Twitter, sharing a screen capture from images of a NIH listing. And let's, let's see these pictures. Oh, oh. Analyzing the potential future for bat coronavirus in Myanmar, Laos, and Vietnam. Hmm. The origin of COVID-19. Finally, we will 26 rapidly survive viral sequences and isolates for use in, vac in vaccine and therapeutic development, including 27 prototype pathogen vaccines via an existing MOU with NIAID cred network. Our long-term goal is that 28, this will work as an act model to the build pandemic preparedness strategies to better predict sites and communities, 29, where wildlife origin viruses like to merge. <gasps> hmm. 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 Yeah, uh, even a link to the actual report anyway as well. So, yeah, not, not, not great. Not, not great. Not exactly a great look. To go ahead and give even more money to a, to a research facility that is literally at the heart of this whole, whole issue. But, uh, okay. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for your monkey p -p 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 pox update, update, update. That's right, it's time for a monkey pox update. Now, you might be thinking, monkey pox, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Well, what's interesting is that, you guys remember a few months ago, when the World Health Organization said, hey, 
we're gonna rename monkeypox because it could be you know linked to racism whatever what whatever happened with that any anybody know I mean the group began allowing people to submit new new ideas through an online portal there have been over 99 you know but no new news you know what when are when are we gonna hear what are we gonna rename monkeypox you know it's been a while you know why 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 has it been renamed you know when are we when are we gonna you know hopefully fix the wrongdoing of supposed racism against people that who will get monkeypox you know when when are we gonna change that you know it's been a little long when are we when are we gonna get that of of course you know you know, we always want to make sure that we don't have any sort of racism because everybody knows that as soon as you think of a monkey, you of course think of a black person. You don't just think of, you know, monkeys, you know, as monkeys. And, you know, you don't just look at everything through a, a thing, because uh, obviously you look through everything through, you know, race. So even just the thought of a monkey really just makes you think of black people, obviously. And that you don't just aren't like a normal human being and just think about a monkey as a monkey, you know, like that swings from trees and has fun and eats bananas, you know, and maybe you'll think, maybe think of like the cartoon kind of monkey, like, like Curious George or the monkeys from Madagascar, you know, maybe you might think of those kind of monkeys and not, you know, the ridiculous stuff that people would think you'd think of. Seriously, this is the most ridiculous thing. I called it out back then and I'll continue to call it out. You don't need to rename a virus because to you it sounds racist, even though I'm pretty sure you sound like the racist one. Okay, I wasn't thinking about black people when I was thinking about monkeypox. I was thinking about monkeys, you know, that swing from trees and say, ooh, ah, ah and have fun. You know, I wasn't thinking about, you know, no, no black people in that situation. I was thinking about the black people that maybe will get infected, but I wasn't thinking about the, the absolute dog whistle racism that you claim it to be. Because that just sounds silly. That truly sounds like the most silly thing I've ever heard. Because it is the most silly thing I've ever heard. Seriously. Who needs to rename something that doesn't need to be renamed? I find that ridiculous. That just sounds ridiculously silly. Well, who would have uh, thought... But uh, So you guys remember the movie Bros... You know, the show, the movie that we talked about, you know, here on the show, that is the, the, the movie that, that's the, you know, the future uh, of romantic comedies, you know, gay, the, the, the gay ones, you know, you know, the, the you know, the line, well, it, uh, it, it's not doing too well, I know, shocker, right, you'd be like, what, you're telling me that, that, that a movie, that you know, uh, that's it's like this isn't doing too hot. <gasps> that's shocking. How could you? How would you know such a such a thing? Well, the actor uh, Billy Eicherman uh, didn't hold back on Twitter on Sunday about the dismal box office opening of the new comedy Bros, the Universal film, which marks the first gay romantic comedy released by a major Hollywood studio. Debuted to, uh, get this, a dismal $4.8 million after doing little 
uh, business in much of Middle America and the South. Everyone who isn't a homophobic weirdo should go see Bros tonight. You will have a blast. It is a special, uniquely powerful to see this particular story on a big screen, especially for queer folks who don't get this opportunity often. Love this music. Uh, love I love this movie so much. Go Bros. Well, with such well with such words like that, I have got to not see it, of course. You might be thinking, well, you know, what 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 exactly is the issue? You know, what 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 exactly is the the issue with the movie, you know? Why why is it not why why is it not doing so hot? Well, I thought, well, why don't we find out together? Because obviously I don't know why why would a movie called Bros that is a gay romantic comedy that currently sits at a 4.7 among users on Metacritic. Why would they not exactly like Bros? What what's the issue? Well, obviously it's a very uh literally the reviews are 23 negative, 20 positive. So we'll read a few. We'll read a few of these. Okay. So usually I try to avoid reviews that are of course zero because usually these are people that genuinely are just either a just trying to get attention. So we'll read this top one here as is it's from a person who gave it a one. Okay. Bad writing. Okay, that uh, sounds like what I predicted. Weak acting. The Aaron character was just born. The Bobby character just uh graded uh on my nerves. A smug self-righteous know-it-all that can't stop shouting his opinions. Uh there were a couple of good jokes, but it really wasn't that funny. And the romance is totally unconvincing. In the end, not much of a rom or a com. Alright, let's read this 7 out of 10 one, because it's it's the only one that I'm seeing here that's an actual 7. The other reviews are just 10 or 8 or 9. So I want to read this the 7, because you know, this, this person looks like they've got a, a genuine bit of a view here. So let's read. Bros was a cute and serviceable rom-com film. While the movie isn't anything I'd call groundbreaking, it manages to set out and accomplish what it's aiming to do. Be a good first gay romantic comedy from a major studio. I can feel there was a good faith effort to be as inclusive as possible with as much LGBTQ representation as possible, and every joke was handled very thoughtfully and with care. All the running gags about Hallmark Christmas films were amazing, and I kind of wish some of them would have become an actual movie. Billy Eicherman was hilarious and surprisingly a good singer. Luke McFarlane might have been a bit too charming. The supporting cast was incredible as well, and everybody brought a bit of something to the table to make this movie as funny as it was. If I were to make a slight nitpick about bros, I did notice a lot of obvious dub-overs before cuts when characters were speaking all-in-all all bros was a fun watch and a great film to watch in theaters with friends. 7 out of 10. You know what? That's a respectable review. That's a respectable review, and that's how you review a movie. But let, let, I want to read this person because they put a... Uh, the, uh, I, uh, this person put this review contains spoilers. This movie gave my eyes AIDS. Avoid it if you don't want to suffer the same fate. Well, you know what? That's good enough for me. <laughs> The only good thing about this movie is the box office returns are so low that they will lose a buttload of cash on making this. This movie is so is so unwatched. They only had to pay shills are the only 
Only our paid shills are doing this car hot garbage, making the ratings on this look like the bestest movie ever. It was excessive, self-serving, and blasphemed against Christ. Okay, uh, and it's only probably fan service, otherwise not good. Darters shouldn't be blaming homophobia for now. Movie failing, maybe you just made a bad movie, bro. You make a movie that appeals to a minority, then you call people homophobes because the movie doesn't appeal to them. They didn't go and watch it. The actor is then on Twitter calling people homophobes, taking responsibility for making a shit movie, and stop blaming others. Go woke, go broke. Yeah, here's the issue. This movie is literally going for a literal mi minority. This is the same shit the fucking actor or the director of uh, of the Charlie's Angels, you guys remember that? Like the Charlie's Angels reboot a few years ago when she came out and called everybody, you know, sexist for not going and seeing her movie. It was like, you literally told men that this movie isn't for you. But then you complain about us not going to the movie when we don't. Remember Captain Marvel? You guys remember, uh, what's her, there's, like, you tell, you tell Republican people not to come to your movie. That's 50% of the country already out. So, I, I, I don't know what you're expecting. And I mean, here's the thing. I don't even think anybody knows really about this movie. Like, I'm gonna be real with you. I only knew about this movie because it hit the news about what it is. With, like, a few months ago. And the only reason you probably know about it is because... You know, it was, you know, out there, you know, from this. I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to be really fucking honest with you. Does anybody even know current movies that are even out? Like, I'm going to be real with you. Movies out now. What, what are movies that are out now in theaters? Okay, you have Smile. Never heard of it. Rose, I've heard of. Don't Worry, Darling. Never heard of. Lyle Lyle Crocodile. See, what, what is that? Don't, never heard of it. I've heard of The Woman's King, a fictional, fictional story. It's very much not worth your time, but I've heard of it only because it made it into the news for being controversial. Barbarian, never heard of it. Amsterdam, never heard of it. Avatar, what, the, the like, the new one? Oh, it's because this is the, it gets back in theaters. I've heard of it, but don't know anything about the freaking, you know, actual story. Good House, never heard of it. I've heard of Bullet Train, that's the one with, uh, I actually wanted to go see this, but I never actually went. Is it even even good? Who knows? I just thought it looked kind of cool. It was a cool action flick to kind of turn your brain off to. Like, so many of these movies that are in here, I've never heard of. Like, I can't tell if it's, you know, if it's a marketing problem, if there's a problem with me just not looking into enough movies. But, like, I'm just saying, like, most of these movies in here, and uh, I'm even starting to get into, like, older movies, but, like, I'm sorry to you, it, like, some of these movies, I don't know what they are. Like, that are releasing right now, I genuinely couldn't tell you. You know, I genuinely couldn't tell you, like, anything about them. You know, like, that's that's the whole thing here. Is that I, I genuinely don't have a clue if they even ex like, like is this even a real movie? Is it fake? Who knows? And I think that's the issue with Bros. It's not even that it's just a, a it, not even just that it's a movie marketed towards a minority. Because I don't know about you, but 
I'm not really in the mood to go see... I don't even like watching normal romantic comedies. So why in hell would I go and watch a movie about... A, why would I go and watch a gay romantic comedy? I already don't like normal romantic comedies. And that's what a guy and a girl. Do you think I'm going to go watch a gay one? No. It's just not my thing. I don't like... I, don't, I barely even watch any movies as it is. I just don't like movies really that much. Like, there are very few movies that have me excited, Okay. And for me, I don't even think there's any more movies that are coming out this year that I'm excited for at all. Okay? There's only three movies so far next year that are probably, that I'm probably going to go see in theaters. Okay? John Wick 4, uh, the Mario movie, because I'm a sucker, and fucking Deadpool 3 that just got an official date for next year. Like th Those are the only three movies that I'm genuinely excited for. Because I, for the most part, most movies, I do not care about them. Marvel movies anymore, don't care. Okay? I just, I don't care anymore. Because I, I, I've seen enough Marvel movies. The thing still looks the exact same, just with Walker writing now. No thanks. I think I'm good. There are very few movies anymore that come out that even pique my interest. And even then, I don't even really do a good job of even looking for movies. I mainly focus on TV shows. Maybe that's just a me thing. I don't know. Loved to hear from you on it. Well, if you do want to know how bad our economy is, in the a, a vegan restaurant, I shit you not, has decided that it's going to put meat on the menu because it's been hit with a cost of living crisis. And well, they've of course angered some people by the change. So on Saturday. A restaurant called the Mango Tree in uh, Taton, Somerset, I don't know where the fuck that is, uh, closed its doors to undergo renovations, including an updated menu, which would include meat. <coughs> the They are not the only uh, vegan restaurant to struggle, or st struggle, struggle, my goodness, in recent years due to a lack of uptake, but for those who love the plant-based values have hit out saying selling meat is worse than closing. The restaurant, however, insisted that they were left with no choice and said the only other option was to close perma permanently. Which is true, most people, uh, yeah, literally here is the picture. Uh, in the near future, our restaurant will be undergoing an exciting period of changes as we reimagine ourselves to offer... The Ta-Ton community, new and exciting options to dine and take away, all in the same location and with the same team you know and love. If there's still time to enjoy the mango tree menu and relaxed atmosphere, please be uh, please book soon to experience all that mango tree offers. So I'm pretty sure this is probably over in the UK. So, yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm sorry to tell you this, but... A purely vegan restaurant has just not been sustainable for a considerable amount of time. It's open for a while, and then it immediately just closes. So, yeah, not, not exactly. And I mean, it makes sense from the people that are giving them backlash. But you have to understand, these... <clears throat> they're trying to run a business, and when you're trying to run a business... You can't exactly, uh, you know, you can't, you can't exactly have these sort of things happen and then be wondered, 
hey, why are, you know, why are we doing so poorly? Well, we're not getting enough people through the door. Well, how can we get another enough people through the door? Well, you know, we need a, uh, <clears throat> we need clearly something new. I mean, literally McDonald's stopped selling its vegan burger because no one was buying it. Nobody wanted the plant-based burger. No one was eating it, so they stopped selling. So, yeah. Yeah, clearly, clearly there is something else. Well, at a UN, uh, a UN rep announced a partnership with the World Economic Forum, you know, the people behind the Great Reset, uh, saying, we own the science. Oh. During a WEF and anti-disinformation uh, panel last week, a United Nations representative announced that they own the science, that they own the science in reference to their climate information partnership with Google. At the WEF Sustainable uh, Development Impact meeting, participants from the UN, CNN, and Brown University discussed the best practices on controlling narratives as a part of the ta of tackling disinformation. Oh. Uh, the UN's uh, Undersecretary for uh, General for Global Communications, Melissa Fleming, brought up the partnership with big tech companies, including TikTok, Opert, Google, and that contribute to controlling the narrative on climate change. Uh, of course, Fleming said that Google search results now prioritize UN links. Well, that's perfect. The useless nations can now get their even more propaganda to the people. Perfect. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. We partnered with Google. She said, and for example, if you Google climate change, hold on, we're going to prove this right now. Apparently, according to her, if you Google climate change, you will get all kinds of UN resources. Okay, hold on. Let's let's do this right now. Climate. Uh, climate change. Hold on. Is this true? Oh, my goodness. Who would have thought? Who Who would have thought? Oh, my God. It's right here on the front page. Ladies and gentlemen. They have actions from uh, the UN now. UN Act now, I'm not kidding. Climate.nasa.gov is the very first link, by the way. Not kidding. Very, very first link takes you to NASA's website for climate change. Effects, scientific consensus, uh, things to know, a uh, little bit of news, and then below that, you scroll down a little bit more. <laughs> UN.org. What is climate change? Telling you all about climate change. Oh my goodness, guys. It's true. Uh, IPCCA, EPA.gov, theroyalsociety.org, the, uh, oh, the WHO. Oh, love those guys. Hold on. Let's, let's even go to the second page. Oh, the World Bank. Oh, that's a good one. Climate.gov. Ooh. World Wildlife Fund. Ooh, that's a good one. The NOAA.gov, USA.gov. Ancestry.org, globalchange.gov, cdc.gov, we're, we're hitting all the different government websites. Ecology.wash.gov, bbc.com is here, National Geographic, my goodness, we're finally starting to get into people that aren't government freaking related, that still kind of are. My goodness. We own the science, of course you do. Oh, what a, what a great idea. Mmm. So happy. Man, who doesn't love the no longer free expression of ideas? I know I didn't. 
Hated that. That was such a bad idea. Who 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 thought letting people freely express ideas was a good idea? That just sounds ridiculous. Well, sticking with climate change, King King Charles actually might not be as bad as some people thought. As this actually came out uh, a little bit ago, but he announced that he wasn't going to be attending the International Climate Change Summit in Egypt, fueling speculation that the new monarch would rein in his environmental activism now that he has ascended to the throne. Which, you know what? This is actually interesting. Because this actually, you know, should be... Uh, that this is actually... Apparently, though, Liz uh, Trust, the current Prime Minister, objected to Charles attending the conference... So she met with the king last month in Buckingham Palace, and he apparently came to an agreement on the decision. So I'll have to see if he actually sticks to it. Because here's the thing. Um, I, I think as long as he's king now, he should be holding up the same thing that his mom did, which is staying very much as sort of, you know, a person they can look up to in a crisis and not a person that's constantly going around spouting stuff all the time. It should be very much a uniting figure, not a dividing figure. And very much so, if you look at the legacy of people like Elizabeth II, what you're mostly going to see there is a person who worked hard her whole life and dedicated herself to her country, and that's what I hope will continue to happen here with, uh, with King Charles III, as hopefully he will stick by being more of a sort of supportive figure than an actual uh, out there like a politician sort of way of doing things. So that should be fantastic to hear. Well, some high so some high school girls volleyball players who object to the trans teammate using their locker room is now reportedly under investigation by the school. So, yeah. <clears throat> what a shock. So, several brave girls of the high school team up in Vermont have taken a stand against the trans teammate sharing their locker room, and they are now under investigation by the school for possible harassment. Uh, several girls on the team raised concerned about the teammate using the girls locker room they alleged that the teammate made an inappropriate comment in the locker room while they were changing and now they feel uncomfortable at least one of those girls has spoken publicly about it to, in hopes of affecting change my mom wants me to do this interview to try to make a change who spoke on camera wearing her team uniform she told the reporter that she and her fellow female teammates did not object to having a trans teammate but they did not want to have a space where they can change with only they just they just want to have a place where only female biological females are some of the girls and their parents contacted the school about their concerns but were met with resistance the school defended the status quo explaining that state law permits trans students to use the bathroom and locker room the score responds with their gender of course it's great nothing wrong could possibly go on with uh what what could possibly happen you know, uh, you know, truly, these girls are brave for doing this. And I mean, seriously, I, I'd give them hope for the best of luck. It doesn't seem like it's going to go well from them or for them. As, of course, by law, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they can do that, so it's not going to matter. So I bet that a lot of stuff is going to go wrong 
with that and that they're gonna get harassment so for being so for so uh so uh transphobic to their fellow teammate like why wouldn't you want a a person who identifies as a woman who has a penis why wouldn't you want to have have that person come into your into your locker room. Of course, he's not going to try to do anything. He would never, never, you know, no ki no guy would ever think of the possibility of just identifying as trans so that he could go into the woman's locker room and, you know, be a pervert. No, no young boy has ever thought of doing that, ever. And they would never do that. That would be ridiculous. That'd be ridiculously stupid. Well, <clears throat> so, yeah. So, over in Virginia this past week, there was a lot of walkouts. You know, it, it got national media coverage for students objecting to the transgender policies that Youngkin's administration, but an internal video achieved, uh, that was obtained by the Daily Wire and other organizations show a, a group that's led by an adult former Democrat staffer that knew that a large portion of the students had no interest in the cause and simply wanted to skip school. Uh, the group uh, leader claimed that they had at least 12,000 walk out. We were the reason Joe Biden asked I was asked a question on the issue. It boosted cover uh, of coverage from the USA Today, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, and the Virginia Pilot to the Washington Post, AP News, and even some international outlets. But in a debrief after the walkout, one student asked, I want to know if anyone else had this problem. Yesterday at the school walkout, we had 200 kids participating. Most students were just there to skip class. Most of the uh, flyers I handed out got handed right back to me because most of the people weren't there for the cause. Of the walkout, they just wanted to skip class. Another activist repelled, I definitely had a lot of those people at my school. They are bolstering our numbers. We can count them as people who walked out. They're still helping. They don't re even realize it. Uh, of course, the top organizer responded, When helicopters are recording your school, they're not seeing which ones care, which ones don't. They're just seeing the numbers, so you all slid. Of course, it doesn't matter that they actually had, you know, people caring. It's just a matter of whether or not they see a large amount of people having a lot of people walk out. <clears throat> a college student and a former staffer for a Virginia Democrat led a group called uh, on the call told participants that the goal of mass mobilization is not necessarily to make people care about the issue. The primary goal is to give us credibility in the eyes of lawmakers. For the 30 people who actually know what the policy is and who actually know how they're going to advocate, those people suddenly have a lot of credibility when they talk to our lawmakers. So yeah. So basically, they got what they wanted. Our... Uh, over 10,000 students in Virginia are making it clear to the DO, the Department of Education, that students want to attend schools that aren't political pawns, but safe and exclusive places that empower all students to thrive. Yeah, I don't think that's the case, as, uh, 
uh, yeah, that's not exactly the case, as most of them just didn't care. They just wanted to, you know, get out of class. They even had talking points memo to tell all reporters that I've had to talk to friends out of suicide at 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh my god. Oh my god, they're giving kids talking points. Uh, the call that seemed a little grass. However, even some of the core group of activists on the call seem to be have a little grass on the policy they're disputing. Uh, one asked if this bill doesn't end up does end up getting passed, what would stop us from being able to uh, have a, a gay student association? The Department of Education transgender guidelines are not uh, a build. It would not stop it. <clears throat> An internal message board. Shared talking points, a document that told people what to say to include repeatedly invoking suicide. Interesting. If someone asked if the walkouts jeopardize learning, you told them to say, how can my friends possibly learn about photosynthesis in biology class when they're worried about whether they'll be able to come home to a safe place at night? Hmm, now I've heard that one before. The Talking Points memo said to tell reporters that I've had to talk friends out of suicide at 2 a.m. in the morning and I've never met a single queer student who isn't depressed. The document continued to remember to focus on our narrative. Using a student's true pronouns and name has consistently been shown to prevent suicide. We have access to a messaging research to uh, messaging research or we have access to people who have access to a messaging research that messaging research really guides what we say in the media. Noting that some students agreed with Republicans about transgender issues. Rob boasted that they are going up against a professional quality political operation. It comes down to this. We know what we are doing. They don't know what they're doing. Just remember, we were featured on international news and a lot of national news yesterday, he said. So I'll read out what he said. I'll read out what this says inside of this literal Discord messaging. Quick note, you might get a question today that is essentially aren't school districts required by law to enforce this? The answer that should be uh, that should be that the these guidelines themselves are legally dubious and likely to run contrary to the evidence based on standards outlined in the original bill. That's why we're asking school boards to recognize that they have a commitment to protect their students and ensure everyone can learn by rejecting these guidelines. Might also get some uh, something like aren't school walkouts disruptive? The answer there is students can't learn if they're worried about basic rights being taken away. How can my friends possibly learn about photosynthesis in biology class when they're worried about whether they'll be able to come home to a safe place that night or if their friend is struggling with their mental health? The goal with these walkouts is to tell our lawmakers to stop politicizing our schools so that we can all thrive. Yep, sounds nothing like they're forcing people to say anything at all. Because remember, kids would never do such a thing. That would be horrible. No kids would ever just want to skip class instead of, you know, actually, you know, be in class and learn. Because no kid would ever want to do that. That would be a horrible, horrible idea. Because, you know... Every kid is so studious and, of course, wants to learn and would never just skip class and go protest in something, even without them knowing what they're protesting about, because that would be silly, and no kid would ever do something like that, because that's ridiculous, okay? You're ridiculous. Well, tell me where you might have uh, seen this one before, as UC Berkeley have banned 
pro-Israel speakers from university events, basically creating the, uh, causing the progressive school to create Jewish free zones in an attempt to stop the Zionist views of Berkeley law students for their justice in Palestine, they began the school year by sending a new bylaw to dozens of students' organizations, nine of which decided through a democratic voting process to adopt, they announced via Instagram. So that they literally have created on campus Jewish free zones and that if you're pro-Israel, get the hell out. You're banned. This is ridiculous. Remember, it's not anti-Semitic, though, to be pro-Israel. Even though in the whole thing with Israel and Palestine, Israel is actually the better side to support, not the literal terrorists and the Palestinians. That would never be a good idea. No, no, we would never, never, there'd never be a point to compare this to the Nazis. No, 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 of course, of course, they respect the Jewish faith. Of course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not at all them being a maybe a little bit Nazi. It might not be that. No, it would never be such a thing. Because we would never do such a thing. Mm-mm. Nope, of course not. Of course not. Well, that is where I'm going to end today's show. I told you it was going to be a bit of a longer one. And if you did enjoy today's show and you haven't already subscribed and followed on Twitter slash True Social, I'll remind you here to do so. Please, it really does support the show. So I'll share the show review if you can. If you're on Apple Podcasts, it really does help out and get me into the algorithm. As well, if you do want to help support uh, people who have lost a lot in Hurricane Ian, please go click that link. Mercury1.org is the place to go. Seriously, it is the only charity that I trust. And since I can't just do a fundraiser here on uh, or on YouTube because we don't have enough uh, subscribers to do so via the thing, I'm just going to have to keep it in the description. So please do go and support those who are in need. Anyway, I will see you all tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of the show, and catch you later.